Welcome to the IFA podcast on fertigation. My name is Patrick Effer. I am the Deputy Director General at the International Fertilizer Association, a body representing players in the global plant nutrition space. I am delighted to have two eminent speakers with me today who will bring a wealth of knowledge on fertigation. Our first guest is Professor Munir Roussan, Professor of Soil Fertility and Plant Nutrition at the Jordan University of Science and Technology, where he served as a Dean of the Faculty of Agriculture for several years. Munir Roussan worked previously as Consulting Director for the International Potash Institute and the International Plant Nutrition Institute. Our second guest is Mr. Hillel Magan, Vice President Agronomy at ICL Fertilizers, a company headquartered in Israel that produces potash, phosphate, and specialty fertilizers, including water-soluble fertilizers, an important input for fertigation. Hillel Magan is also director of the International Potash Institute in Switzerland. So why fertigation? Agriculture accounts for about 70% of water withdrawals globally. We are in a world where water is becoming increasingly scarce and climate change will only exacerbate that situation. In the meantime, we need to produce more food for the growing world population and this more sustainably. As a result, we need to use water more efficiently. We also need to maximize nutrients taken up by plants and minimize nutrient losses to the environment. The nice thing with fertigation is that it makes it possible to simultaneously improve water and nutrient use efficiency. So let me start with a simple question to Hillel. How do you define fertigation? Fertigation can be defined as uh, utilizing the irrigation water as the platform or carrier to deliver nutrients. Uh, I think this is the most uh, descriptive way to define it. And that includes the embedment of the nutrients in the water and the synchronization between the water and the nutrients. Now, to take it more onto the ground, I would say that fertigation is probably the best way to apply nutrients when the farmer is switching to use micro-irrigation systems with limited wetted root system, because then this is the only practical way really to manage and bring your nutrients to the plant. Munir, how does fertigation enhance water use efficiency and nutrient use efficiency? Uh, well, uh, both uh, fertilizer use efficiency and water use efficiency, they refer to the yield per a unit of water or nutrient applied. And they are also an indicator of sustainability and food security nowadays. So by increasing the yield and decreasing the application rate of these two important inputs, we actually improving the fertilizer use uh, and water use efficiency. With fertigation, both farmer practices as well as research findings proved that fertigation through the minimizing the application rate they are going to keep the nutrients and water low enough in the root zone to enhance the water and nutrient uptake by the plant, but from the other hand, also to minimize losses by leaching or volatilization or even runoff. And all this will improve the, the use efficiency. But we have to keep in mind that the use efficiency term, they have several components. And whenever we say the use efficiency is high, it doesn't mean 
that we have an efficient and effective system. Because, for example, with fertilizer use efficiency, we had agronomic use efficiency, we had the recovery efficiency, we have the physiological use efficiency as well as partial factor of productivity. And very clear example, for example, when we have a high fertilizer use efficiency and low physiological use efficiency, this indicates we are going to have a very bad products, meaning we are going to accumulate nutrients in the yield without reflecting into the yield. And for example, the nitrate, keeping accumulating nitrate in the, in the agriculture products, this is not good, but it will not uh, seen by the fertilizer use efficiency. It will see that the physiological use efficiency is very low. And this component can be enhanced only by fertigation, which is the big advantage of fertigation uh, with the relevant to the efficient use of uh, both uh, nitrogen, uh, nutrient and water. And what are the other main benefits of fertigation? Well, there are many benefits and advantages of fertigation. Well, for example, they can save uh, not only water, they can save also the, the energy, saving the labor work, which is very costly nowadays. Uh, they are uh, going to reduce the agriculture and field practices. A farmer, he can go to the field under different environmental conditions. They can go to the field and start irrigation and fertilization. So these are uh, a big advantages. And, and also, uh, you know, in agriculture area, they have many uh, rooms for harsh uh, soil or marginal soil, such as uh, sandy soil, uh, shallow soil, and uh, soil with very steep slopes, saline soil. And under this condition, the most appropriate uh, techniques for fertilization and irrigation is actually the, the fertigation. So these are a big advantages of fertigation, actually. Ilel, uh, would you like add something on the topic? Yes, I think I think that the labor cost saving is is amazing. One person with let's say with proper a little bit of proper uh, control systems that go side by side with fertigation systems, one can reduce uh, fuel cost and energy cost and and so many and labor cost again. So that's that's a very substantial uh, benefit uh, for fertigation. I would say that when we switch to liquid fertilizers in fertigation, then the savings are, are even greater. Uh, that, that's one, one issue. Then the second issue I would like to mention is the versatility in fertilization management. That the farmer can actually use a wide range of products and nutrients, choose the proper one at the, at the relevant crop cycle, in different soils, as Monir mentioned, and ag agroclimatic conditions, all comes back to versatility. The fertigation offers a great deal of versatility. And finally, is the uniformity. Since we are using the water system as a carrier, and these are or should be designed uh, properly so to allow a very uniform uh, distribution of water in the field, then of course nutrients enjoy the same uniformity. And we have seen a great change in, in the uh, performance of, of, uh, of crops just because of a better uniformity of uh, fertilizer applied through fertigation. Munir, is fertigation for water-scarce countries only? Uh, no, not really. It's ideal to use it under semi-arid and arid environment. Because under these conditions, uh, most countries, they are very concerned to save water. So this is very best suited for these countries, such as Jordan, for example. Uh, 
But uh, in fact, uh, the advantages of fertigation you can notice uh, even with all uh, climatic conditions, even in water-rich countries. For example, water-rich countries, they are very concerned about the contamination of surface water with phosphorus and with other contaminants. And they are also very concerned about nitrate contamination of the groundwater. And these two issues, they can be very well controlled and minimized when we are uh, going to adapt the fertigation. And this is a big concern to these countries. So regardless of the environmental condition, regardless of the availability of water resources, the fertigation will always work better, not only for uh, the environmental issues, or for the social issues, for the economical aspects, for the farmers, as well for the environmental and public health issues. Ilel, uh, fertigation is about bringing two disciplines together, irrigation and fertilization. Do these uh, two communities work closely together? If they work sufficiently closely together, and the answer is bluntly no. But the user, the farmer, has no choice. And of course, the farmer applies both disciplines together in order to get the maximum of the uh, fertigation system. So we, we often see that the two, these two expertise lie between different departments. One is an expert in hydraulics, in soil physics, in soil chemistry maybe, the other more in plant nutrition at the plant level. And sometimes the fusion or the sitting together and creating the right message to the farmer in, in terms of proper application is, is hard. So this is definitely, Patrick, a thing that should be promoted and supported and uh, discussed. And because there are issues that lie between these two disciplines and to my knowledge, not sufficiently dealt with, for example, the movement of nutrients within a root system to what depth at what discharge rate, at what quantity of water. We have plenty of data on salinity in these regards, but maybe not sufficiently in terms of plant nutrients. So this is definitely a place that we should look at and see that we are getting uh, better in future. Munia, what equipment is required for fertigation? Is it high-tech and are there options applicable to smallholder farming systems? Well, uh, nowadays in the market, the farmers can find a very simple injection system as well as a high-tech injection system. For example, uh, in the market, uh, there are uh, very simple injection systems such as injecting the fertilizer solution from an open tank, which can be placed uh, above the irrigation head and the water, the fertilizer solution will uh, go to the, the irrigation line by gravity. Or they can use even pump to pump the, this fertilizer solution to the to the crops. And this is, uh, of course, these are uh, quantitatively. I mean, they uh, will uh, provide all the fertilizer solution to a certain area. But on the other hand, also, there are more accurate injection systems which can proportionally supply the nutrients to the crops, such as the, the bypass flow tank and the venturi system, the pumping system. And, for example, the bypass system, it is... Uh, a simple uh, fertilizer tank, which is connected to the main irrigation line, and then the fertilizer solution can be, the irrigation water can go through this bypass and dissolve the dry fertilizer in it, and then uh, inject it into the irrigation system. This is very simple, very cheap, and very uh, popular among uh, farmers, start, especially who are going to start fertigation. But there are also more accurate ones, such as Venturi system, which work based on the Venturi, where the 
the water will uh, go through the venturi system through the constriction which will uh, create a, a negative pressure and suction event which will suck the fertilizer solution from a tank and deliver it to the uh, to the crops this is more accurate and more stable concentration of fertilizer going to the to the crops and the, the last one is the pumping system this is the most accurate one to uh, which maintain the concentration of the fertilizer solution which uh, they are using the pump either which operate by electricity or it's operated by the the flow of the main irrigation line itself huh? uh, this is these are the more accurate ones but nowadays also you can find uh, a fully computerized and fully automated fertigation system and i would say this is our also a reasonable price nowadays and they are very uh, successfully used in several countries where i have some any experience uh, in these countries Even from a, an irrigation point of view what does it require for instance in terms of water quality and muni already uh, said some word about it uh, are pressurized uh, irrigation systems uh, a must really for efficient uh, fertigation well probably any type of water that is uh, appropriate for irrigation is also appropriate for fertigation and that goes back to what i mentioned before about versatility using fertigation you can accommodate and even amend or let's say correct uh, irrigation water for example you can inject uh, acid in order to lower the ph or you can inject a high level of potassium in order maybe to reduce the availability of sodium so i would say at first that any pressurized irrigation system uh, can use uh, and can benefit from the use of uh, fertigation now indeed it is the the rise in the development of fertigation is mostly in in pressurized irrigation systems but i suspect that uh, flood irrigation in some cases does enjoy fertigation as well even not only in large scale in in let's say in brazil or in the us but also in uh, smaller scale farmers in southeast asia where other devices of fertigation can be used and then we are looking at, at some of these uh, systems uh, to allow and then enjoy again the uniformity and the labor uh, saving so mostly again fertigation is in the pressurized irrigation systems but there is definitely room for use in uh, in flood irrigation as well Uh, Munir, for, for countries like Jordan that are water scarce, can fertigation be practiced with treated wastewater? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Firstly, as Hillel mentioned, uh, fertigation can be used uh, with all kinds of irrigation water acceptable for agriculture. But here, when we talk about the treated wastewater, we have to keep in mind this is not a traditional, not a conventional water resources, Because even the wastewater, when it is treated, It still contain nutrients in unbalanced way. They contain undesirable inorganic and organic constituents, as well also they contain some pathogens. So their management, it has to be different from the uh, management of the traditional water resources. Uh, in another word, we have to be very careful and very precise and very, very well controlled when we are going to manage uh, treated wastewater. And here, the only way to do that in, is by adapting the 
fertigation techniques because we are going to control the rate and the time and the placement very precisely. And also, we have to mention that most of the environmental laws in all other countries, when we are when they are dealing with any traditional water resources, they don't allow to apply a rate higher than the, the level or the content of undesirable constant uh, constituent in treated wastewater. And we can do this by fertigation. We can make use of the beneficial nutrients even they are unbalanced in the treated wastewater. And, and the main, in the main uh, time, we are minimizing the adverse uh, impact in the, in the environment. And we can avoid over-fertilization and under-fertilization. So I would say fertilization, it acts like a supplement of fertilization when we are going to use the treated wastewater because the nutrient balance and the nutrient management is the most important issue when we are doing a fertigation with the treated wastewater. Ilel, about uh, fertilizers, are there some specific products needed? And if so, what are the key criteria for those products? So I, I will start with the criteria for these products. Uh, the first very clear criteria is the solubility. But unlike solubility term used in, let's say, in fertilizer regulation materials, Here we talk about solubility of the fertilizers in the water for practical purposes. So we mean both the amount that can be dissolved in the irrigation water, and of course we want it as high as possible, and also the kinetics. So we want both high percentage and quick dissolution. So that's, that's criteria number one, I would say. The second criteria is the compatibility between nutrients. And if we add to that what Munir just mentioned about treated wastewater, that becomes even more complicated. But it goes, the compatibility has to be relevant in the package or in the bag, in the dry status of the product. That's one item. And then also uh, in the water. And knowing that in fertigation, we are trying to put as many or many nutrients as possible in order to provide full solutions to the farmer and not just NP and K. So the compatibility issue becomes a challenge. And of course, mostly related to that of phosphorus and calcium and magnesium and also sulfates and, and calcium. R&D plays a very important role in finding additional agents to improve the compatibility both in the dry status and also the dissolved nutrients in the water. As, as for specific products, I, I would look at it like that. First of all, we have to be ready and prepared to provide all nutrients needed for the plant, 16, 17, 18 nutrients to the plant. Uh, from macro to micro, depends, of course, on the conditions and the crops that we are fertigating. And, of course, we have to remember that we have, we can deal with ammonium and nitrate when we talk about nitrogen. We can deal with orthophosphate and polyphosphates when we talk about phosphates, sulfate and chelated micros, and so on. So, I would say the proper solution would be a combination of, of dealing with these, but at the end of the day, we have a certain amount of nutrients to be applied, and we want to make sure that we apply it uh, in the most uh, efficient and uh, convenient way uh, to the farmer. Munir, my previous question was about the nutrient source for fertigation. Are there also some specific practices in terms of nutrient rate, timing, and placement? 
well, of course, uh, we'll face, uh, as you know, fertigation. With fertigation, we are managing both water and nutrient, and we have to manage this uh, very uh, precisely. But actually, we are going not only to manage the source, uh, we have to also to manage the rate of application, the time, and the placement. And uh, with the fertigation, the uh, only approach to control all these uh, four very important elements is by adapting the concept and the approach called the 4R fertigation stewardship, which refer to both 4R nutrient stewardship as well as 4R uh, water uh, stewardship. And by this uh, 4R fertigation stewardship, we mean the application of the right source right uh, rate, right time, and right placement of application of both water and irrigation. So we are going to choose the right source uh, to be suitable for the soil condition, for the crop, for the environment. But also we have to determine correctly what is the right rate, not to over-fertilize, not to over-apply the nutrients, to add it enough to suit the uh, crop need. And uh, we have to place it also on the right time because the time application is very important to enhance the physiological use efficiency, which I mentioned in the previous question, which is very important to avoid any accumulation of nutrients in the plant. Also, the placement is very important from the standpoint of the uh, efficiency and the possibility of nutrient uptake, as well as uh, protecting the environmental issue. But we have to keep in mind when we are going to adapt this concept that we don't have a, a one recipe for all conditions. These are very crop and specific thing to apply. Uh, we might have, on. we should actually have one right combination, but we can have one right combination for each crop and for each site. That's why we call it, this is a, a site and crop specific. And meanwhile, also, we have to keep monitoring the efficiency of fertigation system using this concept and keep updating this based on the feedback information coming from the farmers, from the stakeholders, uh, from all uh, people who are interested in the fertigation to keep updating and monitoring and improving uh, the management. Ilel, um, as uh, an international expert, having traveled all over the world, would you have one or two recommendations to policymakers to accelerate adoption of fertigation worldwide? So I, I would like to touch upon two issues here. One is the subsidy and the other is regulation, like providing subsidy and easing regulation. These two factors uh, will accelerate adoption of fertigation. And I would touch upon the subsidy. We have seen that subsidy in countries like China and India has uh, shooted out the use of micro-irrigation systems. I also recall the experience in Israel 40 years ago, 50 years ago, when subsidy schemes were employed in order to uh, allow farmers to use uh, drip systems, because of course it always involves some kind of investment, so subsidy is, is critical. Embedding fertigation systems in the subsidy is critical in order to allow a much better adoption or faster adoption of uh, fertigation. The other thing is, after fertigation is used, let the market run meaning that allow the producers to change NPKs and not go every time through a very tedious process of approving uh, this fertilizer or that fertilizer. We are talking about well-known chemistry. It is the responsibility of the producer 
to make products that will bring value to the farmer. And one of the things that allow fertigation to be accelerated in adoption is the versatility of trimming the products to the farmer's needs. If you put too much regulation on this, you are in a way freezing the market. So that would be the second advice. Let the producers, of course, under critical levels of quality assurance and quality dimensions, but within these borders, allow them to change and make the right products uh, to the right crops at the right time. I'm coming back to the 4R in such a way that uh, will speed up the adoption of fertigation. As a conclusion, uh, could the two of you tell the audience about how fertigation has successfully changed agriculture in your respective countries? Maybe starting with you, Munir. Okay. When when we talk about water resources and uh, Jordan, we always say, well, Jordan, this is the second poorest country in water resources in the world. So the fertigation will be a very... Uh, very uh, attractive options to to the farmers. But even though farmers, they need a technology transfer program to deliver these techniques to them. They cannot adapt it by themselves. That's why in 1980s in Jordan, we launched a technology transfer uh, program uh, for fertigation uh, among farmers where we conducted many uh, demonstration trials right on the farmer's field and with the, with the participation of the farmer themselves and implementing this demonstration and trials. And they themselves, they witnessed and saw uh, the benefit of fertigation. And also they were trained how to use uh, this uh, different uh, component of the fertigation system efficiently and how to maintain it. So they were very uh, confident and now they are very successfully uh, practicing fertigation. In fact, most of the farmers in the agriculture area in Jordan, they are practicing uh, fertigation. And you can see from the, from the very simple fertigation system to uh, fully computerized and automated uh, fertigation. Uh, and you will be surprised how farmers, they learn, they learn very easily these uh, techniques and they are enjoying actually practicing this fertigation with different technologies. Ilel, what about Israel? Patrick, first of all, we have to understand that we are looking at the development of now 50 years. Like we are talking about fertigation as a kind of a rather brand new system or, or a utilization. But in fact, farmers practice it like more than 50 years now. So obviously, there's a lot of experience gained. So I, I have four quick points. What it has done to agriculture in Israel or how it affected the fertilizer market in Israel. So first of all, it has no doubt changed the fertilizer market in Israel in, in the fact that uh, liquid fertilizers are actually now the most uh, usable type of uh, fertilizers in, in the system. So th this is a very unique situation. Most of the fertilizer applied, as Munir described in Jordan, also in Israel, is by fertigation. So that's that's one big change. The second is that actually it has allowed to get much more for every drop of water. And we see that through looking at the long-term statistics on the uh, productivity per cubic meter. And that increases all the time without, of course, uh, with other changes as well. But uh, fertigation is one of the factors to allow that. Third, it has allowed or it has triggered a lot of automation and remote control systems. 
starting with fertigation, but then going to other farm practices. Um, so I, I would I would count that as also another another uh, effect because nowadays. So many farms are using various types of automation and, and remote control systems. Fatigation was definitely one of the first to, to use. And the last, and I'm connecting again to what Monir said before, and it goes to the uh, water issue. And we have to remember again that the big thing is, of course, saving water. And fertigation allows a faster adoption of treated wastewater. And I think this is this is a critical advantage because it can allow a much better usage using proper proper fatigation can allow a much better usage of treated wastewater, which is in so many cases uh, under a utilized source of water to the farmers. So thank you. Uh, it is time now to conclude this uh, inspiring podcast. A big thank you to our two guest speakers for having shared the insights with us. Thank you also to all the participants for listening, and we look forward to having you with us for future IFA podcast. Thank you. <laughs>